Hi, welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast. Hi, I'm your host Knuckles and this is episode 7 of New Zealand Vegan Podcast. Um, I created a little musical uh, intro which has very basic elements, just some loops that I found on my hard drive and it's that's as good as it's going to get from me and I hope it's uh, okay um, as an intro and um, I had something that I've been wanting to talk about because it's been uh, it's been something I needed wanted to get off my chest because I heard something that that triggered it as always um, what what I want to say is I don't know what it's like to be vegan for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years I'm I'm going to find out if I live that long um, because obviously I'm never going to stop being a vegan so I don't I don't know what it's like as I've said before I'm a very new vegan I just became a vegan less than two years ago and I said my last show that I hope I don't get jaded or disillusioned um, because I know that it's an immense task that I'm hoping to help uh, push towards or hope achieve which is to convince um, the human race to go vegan and um, I'm fully aware of the enormity of the task and I'm not disillusioning myself that it's going to happen in my lifetime however that's not that doesn't stop me from doing what I can while I'm while I'm alive and I will do so until my last breath um, and anybody who is vegan, um, that alone is doing a huge, huge uh, amount. It's a very powerful thing that you're doing. Not everybody wants to uh, blab and blab about it all like, like I do. Um, so I don't know what it's like to be an activist or be vegan for 20 years. And um, maybe it's because I'm new. Um, I was looking at something and I, I looked at I look at it a little differently I think than some other people do um, not necessarily all um, I don't have a lot of contact with a lot of activists direct contact I hope to change that um, but uh, right now I'm kind of just doing this and um, oh before I go on I, I need to admit that I found out something about myself um, I found out that I have a long way to go when it comes to debate when it comes to discussion with somebody uh, discussing the issues on a face-to-face -face basis. I discovered that I'm nowhere near as patient as I thought. Um, I don't have nearly as much knowledge as I would hope. And it's a heck of a lot different sitting, talking completely uninterrupted to yourself, just a monologue with nobody arguing or, or, or pointing out your contradictions or saying, well, you just said this, so why are you saying that? And, you know, of course I can sit here and talk and talk and talk and there's nobody contradicting me or, or, or refuting what I'm saying. It's very easy. Um, and it's also very therapeutic, so I'm enjoying it. But um, one of my the people that I've actually talked to the most about this, he backed off for a while, but he, he, he came back and he opened up the conversation again, as I knew he would. Um, uh, and he said, what about plants? You know, I saw a documentary. And I mean, I was prepared for that question because I know that that's a common question, but everything flew out of my head. Um, he He's very open-minded and we have great discussions and he's a wonderful practice for me and I tell him that I say I'm practicing on you and he says yes I know and he's happy to be my practice dummy but 
I, my face went all red and hot. I talked and talked. Well, he, he started off the conversation talking about cows and saying, you know, what are we going to do with all the cows that we have? We might as well just keep milking them because he said, like, say you, say, say you get what you like and, and we stop producing cows. He says, you know, um, they're here, so we might as well get milk from them. And I said, no, because of the process of how we get the milk. And I, and I introduced him to the concept of the fact that ideally we would stop bringing them into existence. And that would be by having to prevent them from breeding. And it would be direct intervention, direct action by us, interference, direct interference into their lives. Um, it's the only way that we can help them. And so it's we've, we've put ourselves into such a big trap and such a big mess um, when it comes to these these animals, um, but I, I do strongly believe that they shouldn't uh, be brought into existence uh, simply for our use. And I do believe, um, I said, if I had, a, if I had a, my dream is to have an animal sanctuary, I mean, I would have to be a millionaire or, 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 or extremely well organized. But um, uh, I'm sure the people at Peaceful Prairie do their best to prevent procreation of the species that they're trying to save because. Well, that's a whole nother topic. In fact, I think that's a whole nother podcast. So let's just leave it at the fact that he brought up the whole cow issue and I I just wouldn't let him talk. I didn't represent very well, um, but he's my friend and he's. we've talked about these things a lot and he just was like, can I speak? And then finally I shut up and then he said, what about trees? And the same thing happened. I actually, I actually was silent for a minute and then I, I used a lot of information that I've heard other people talking about. I like to listen to other activists that have the... Uh, that are into abolitionist activism the way I am, and I try to learn from them. Um, there's not very many of them around, but they are there. Um, Vegan Freaks is a great podcast, and um, of course I always listen to Gary Francione um, when he's talking because he talks to a lot of mainstream people. Um, he does talk to a lot of vegan and vegan shows, um, but he still puts his point of view across, and he still gets questions from them because a lot of vegans and a lot of animal groups are... Um, uh, into welfare so I listened to the things he says and also I'm trying to learn about the science and I said you know trees don't have a central nervous system and biologically um, you know I really didn't do very well I really didn't and my face went all red and um, and I didn't do so great so I got a long way to go I would love to engage in more dialogue I'm hesitant to try to engage in dialogue with people who are um, promoting animal welfare because I am not interested in creating conflict myself uh, with with any direct people um, uh, but I am very interested in speaking to um, maybe uh, vegetarians who are um, not uh, down with the idea of going vegan um, because of whatever reason and they come up with ideas and I'm, I'm really trying to learn how to how to discuss this stuff and when I listen to myself after I do a podcast I listen to it and I hear a lot of Sometimes I contradict myself from one sentence to the next, um, and I'm sure people, anybody who listens, can hear that as well. So, um, eventually, I w- I would love to be able to be actually actually more out there in the community, and directly interacting with people. And I would hope that my face won't go all red, and I will allow them to speak, um, and I won't just talk and talk. Um, I could feel people at the other tables and the lunch. This is at my job and in the lunchroom and I could feel other people listening and I couldn't stop myself uh, maybe I was having a bad day maybe I was tired and I and I am almost sure that I didn't represent so well with them with some of the things I said I'm sure some of them would have turned off and said oh my god there's another one you know another one of those freaks 
um, which is not what I want. I um, I am really trying to um, not uh, alienate uh, the general public. Um, when I talk to my friend at the lunch room, you sh- I can feel people listening, and. You know, I was talking about the sentience. I said, look, the difference between trees and animals is animals are sentient. And um, and they feel pain. And, and, um, and, and, you know, we don't really know. Trees don't have a central nervous system the way, the way we do. Uh, so um, I, didn't, I didn't get my facts straight. So that's something I have to brush up on is the whole what about trees business. I mean, it's a very easy one. It's very easy to make. It's very obvious to me that there's a huge difference between a tree and a, and a living animal but to try to get somebody and I and I said to him you know you can grasp I said it's amazing what people what straws people will grasp he says I'm not trying to use it as an excuse I'm not trying to use it as an excuse he says I know that animals feel pain um, and he says you know you've opened my mind a lot um, he's backed off but he came back and um, hopefully we can have another talk again soon I still haven't gotten him to watch the um, theory of animal rights in Portuguese because I scared him off by talking about earthlings. And I really want him to trust me. I, I was very honest and said, look, the, the, the video I would like you to see is a presentation. It's mostly words. He hasn't watched it. Anyway. So what I was, what I want to talk about today is related to the fact that um, you know people can recognize that animals are sentient and they will grasp at any straw. Um, and um, and there was a, apparently an entire documentary done on on the fact that plants, are, you know, they, they I mean, obviously plants are alive and they, and they do they have uh, evolved. So anyway, I'm going to educate myself about plants uh, a little bit more with regard to this argument. Um, but what I would like to say, and I need to be more stay on track, is it's related to um, when. There was a say there was a terrible case of horrific abuse of, of an animal, and I mean torture, just you know, almost very, very sadistic, um, very disturbing behaviour that was found out and was publicised and was caught, and it was inflicted on 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 an animal that 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 people hunt and people eat and farm, and so that's equally horrific, you know, torture and 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 absolutely. Uh, just terrible uh, abuse of these animals, but the the way that they were heard in this newspaper story was people just were joyriding and just was were torturing them just for the fun of it, and um, and it made the, made the newspapers and people were utterly outraged and and very 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 disturbed by it and rightly so and I could hear the frustration because I know that people say you know that these that these guys are on the one hand they're saying oh, how could they do this uh, to this this animal? It's so wrong. And apparently they caught the people who did it and they're in jail. And I think we need to take a very good look at their behavior. I'm sure there was one ringleader. And um, anyway, I don't want to get into the details of the story. It was a horrible story. It happens all the time, all over the world anyway. Horrific things happen to animals all the time. But the, the people who were, were talking about it were very uh, frustrated that these that these uh, people didn't see the correlation between their behaviour and the and the behaviour of the of the of the kids who were torturing the animals, and that that is frustrating. But for me, it's very very hopeful that these people who do you know eat animals and actually maybe even hunt these very same animals felt this empathy for the, you know they just have to cross that little bridge. They just have to follow the thought through. 
we would be in an impossible situation if nobody felt any empathy at all for these animals. I mean, it is frustrating to, to, to watch somebody um, dig into a stake while he's watching a, a show on, on dog abuse and, and condemning the people who are abusing the dog and eating his steak with relish. It is, it is um, for somebody who's made the connection, as the movie Earthling says, make the connection. You know, you, I, I think it is a connection that you make, but... Um, you know, I never used to make that connection, uh, not at all, and I considered myself an animal lover. So for me, it gives me hope, and that's what we need to. That is what we need to take advantage of, is these people's empathy um, in these situations. Um, because without that, we're sunk. We don't have a hope. Because if nobody felt anything at all, and in these terrible situations with, with these animals that are being abused, and, and these are people who who are. Uh, maybe actively participating in farming of animals, which is hands-on contact, hands-on killing of the animal themselves, um, the detachment that they feel from that because it relates to food and they think it's a necessity, um, as opposed to somebody who's who's um, who's just uh, doing some sort of sadistic torture, um, they don't they don't see the the the, the connection that, that both things are just for the personal pleasure of, of one. But without them feeling anything, we wouldn't have a chance. So I look at it as very hopeful that that people feel this way, and and I. I try very, very hard to, to exploit it as much as possible because there are so many examples. I mean, on a daily basis, every single day, I'm listening to people who are, uh, I know, eat meat and wear leather and, and do all those things, who are commenting on, say, the beauty of that bird over there or, oh, you know, talking about this poor um, this poor animal that, that, that was abandoned. Maybe there's a stray cat that lives around here and he, you know, he breaks my heart. He won't let me near him. Um, and I was telling my mother about it actually, and she said, "Oh, you know, it's so sad." How? And she was very sort of upset because she says these people they just buy these animals and then they throw them in the street. And um, I'm I'm kind of laying off my mother at the moment. Uh, I don't work on her as much. Um, trying to keep. I mean, I've just barely been back in the country. We I've been away for a good good part of my life, so. We're getting to know each other, and she knows my views, and uh, I am working on her, uh, but uh, I don't practice my activism on her as much as I possibly should, uh, so I kind of let that opportunity go today as well. But um, my point is that all over the world, every day, there are demonstrations of people showing empathy, affection and appreciation um, to animals, all kinds of animals. Another example, and, you know, and these are people who eat meat and, and wear leather and all those things, and it's just a matter of, you know, opening the minds a little further to make the connection and take advantage of the fact that they're feeling this empathy. Um, and, and I try to do that. I, 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 I try not to get frustrated. And like I said, maybe it's because I've only been doing this for, I haven't even really started even doing what I consider would be to be activism, talking to people who... I really want to talk to about about who are people who haven't made this made this connection. So I'm very very new and um, and I'm just coming from my own point of view. But I see it as hopeful. I really really do. And there was another uh, a, a story in the Her in the New Zealand paper, the Herald. Um, there's terrible bushfires in Australia, um, as most people even around the world, I think, are, are aware of, unless they're suffering a catastrophe directly in their backyard, which a lot of places are. But anyway, um, and there was a, um, I think it was even on the front page of the Herald, of a koala and a firefighter 
um, saw the koala and his paws were badly burnt, the koala bear, and he was walking on the ground. Um, he was, he was, his hands and well, his front um, paws and back paws were badly burnt and the firefighter talked about his interaction. He saved, he, he picked up the koala and this is a man who's probably um, exhausted and has been fighting these fires and has probably seen many dead bodies, animals and human, and is is probably in an ex extremely uh, world-weary and just, uh, you know, sad state. And he comes across this little animal, he can actually help him directly. He, f he can do something to help this life. And he gathers up the koala and he talks about giving the, 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 him a bottle of water. And um, anyway, he drank the water, he held onto it with his burnt paws. And, and the firefighter talked about how he could see that when the koala saw him, he looked at him for help, and when he came close to him and gave him water, he sort of said, yes, thank you, you know, you're helping me, and he saved his life, and they bandaged his paws, and they took his photo, and they, and, um, you know, I'm 100% sure, I mean, I could be wrong, but I am pretty sure that this firefighter is not a vegan, uh, but, however, he had a direct interaction with this animal and saved this animal, and that gives great hope to me and yes it is frustrating that he can turn around and um, maybe go out and hunt quail or hunt deer or go to McDonald's or something um, I think that um, I think that most people don't hunt um, in most parts of the of the western world where we buy our stuff from a supermarket so they don't see the connection directly between the the food in a packet and a living animal with with eyes that you can look into and you can see it's looking at you with with you know so I got hope from that story and I try to get hope from that story um, because I think that without this empathy that people feel not, we would never people wouldn't even go vegan in the first place and um, we wouldn't have a chance in, in introducing these other people to a concept um, now, I think the biggest thing that stops people from, from going vegan, in my view, is they do think that it is necessary uh, to eat animals um, to be optimally healthy. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things that we're fighting against. Um, when you talk about abolition of the slave trade, um, the cotton farmers could argue that they're, you know, they couldn't farm their cotton without without the slave labor but that's really not true I mean anybody's capable of doing the work however um, we're trying to convince people that dietary wise um, what they've been doing their whole lives and what their grandmother's been doing and their grandfather and their great-grandmother and their great-grandfather etc etc that um, they believe is the only way to uh, sustain themselves and, and um, feed themselves is actually uh, false information so that's what I really think we're up against of course, we there's all kinds of other abuses that that we do, um, experimentation and wearing them for clothing and things. But I do think the biggest uh, one we have to uh, wake people up to is that it's not necessary to eat them. And a way that we can tap into um, opening their minds to to the concept of even trying to be vegan, just give it a try. If 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 you if you have any empathy, because most people are very pleasantly surprised. I was very very. I am very pleasantly surprised with how good I feel and how good I look. Um, I really look a lot better than I did a year ago. I've only The only thing that's bothering me is I've put on weight, but that's got nothing to do with my diet. Well, I haven't been exercising. And also, there's no central heating in New Zealand, so in the winter I get cold and I think my body was storing fat. So I've actually put on weight since I became a vegan, so that dispels one myth, which is that you just become a skeleton. Um, so... Um, I really wanted to address that because I don't know 
I I can see already in myself that it is very hard because you know it's like anybody else who has a cause or who has a belief um, to you it's so clear-cut uh, <laughs> and it's so obvious um, you just you tell people and, and you say and then you wait for the light bulb to come on and it doesn't come on and you think well what have I done wrong how could they not see it um, you start to blame them well how can they must be um, this or they must be that well no not necessarily um, it might not have been the right moment or um, you may be up against uh, some conditioning that you didn't have in your life so everybody on an individual basis you have to approach differently so I know that there's people at my job where I said you know I'm a vegan for these reasons or that reasons and they said oh well you know live and let live and they never ever bring the topic up with me again they have absolutely no interest in talking about it or asking questions about it nothing um, however um, one of the people who did that who never engages in dialogue or never asks questions or just doesn't want to know um, is loving this vegetarian restaurant that I that I took it to now still the animal products are in most of the dishes that she eats when she goes there but um, I believe she has had some vegan stuff there and I've had vegan stuff from there and, I've, and, she, and she's tried it and she said it's delicious so without outwardly saying to me I want to try vegetarian food or anything like that she's just said oh I want to go with you to that restaurant you always go to and um, so everybody has their own way and people also don't like to oh people are so contrary I myself am very contrary so I, I know that but I still think you can tap into this empathy. You just have to know how to use it. You got to wait the right moment and then pounce because it's all the time, every day. Um, I think it's a very rare person um, in this world who hasn't had some kind of contact with um, with an animal um, where they've where they have uh, felt something for that animal. I did hear. I had some notes that I was going to check out. I'll just turn on the light. I was listening to the BBC again because I listened to that mostly. Oh, they were talking about um, how they had been doing, uh, well, probably experiments on um, baboons and pigeons to see if they could recognize, <laughs> to see if they could distinguish between two different objects. I mean, <laughs> I mean. I would think they probably could, okay, because you can't really live in this physical world and survive if you can't distinguish between objects. But apparently a lot of people, and scientists included, still think that animals are completely incapable of any kind of thought at all. <laughs> um, so fine. So they've discovered that um, they have, cog I think it's called cognitive differentiation. I could be wrong on the, on the phraseology there. Uh, and they say, you know, this is really true. And we're talking pigeons and baboons. So they've, you know, they've, they've even gone for the pigeons, which most people look at as quote-unquote rats with legs. Um, we've created the, any, any epidemic or any um, pest situation that exists is created from our lifestyle. But anyway, um, pigeons are often considered pests and they are oh, annihilated horribly, horribly in the big cities. Um, so uh, one of the quotes from this, from when they broke out this incredible news that animals can distinguish between two different objects. Now they might be specifically talking about a square and a circle. Do you know what I mean? They didn't really go into the details. I mean, I, they can't be that ignorant to think that, you know, they can't distinguish between, <laughs> I don't know.
um, I should probably read about the article before I talk about it, but um, the main thing they said was one of the people said, well, we need to get off our egos. Animals are smarter than we think. I mean, it's a little something. It's it's something anyway. I try to take the good out of everything um, because um, it's, it is very obvious to me that animals, um, just because they can't talk, we're probably, I think, the only species that has symbolic language um, as such. I mean, obviously, animals communicate vocally in many different ways, but I think, I don't know enough about the science of it, but symbolic language is, is, is what we have, uh, as I'm using right now. And um, I think people really think that just because animals don't talk, there's really nothing going on in there. Um, but, you know, anybody who takes the time to try to forget one of the most one of the best quotes that I that I heard is, is education is unlearning everything that you've been <laughs> that's been forced into you so what you have to do if you're if you're trying to talk to people about these things is remember that they have to unlearn all of these things that they already think before they can before they can learn any any new concepts I mean, you have to get through that barrier of years and years of conditioning and years and years of habit um, before they can even begin to think uh, in a different way. Um, now, some everybody's different. I mean, for me, um, it was um, I saw a film, but I was already kind of on my way uh, to seeing, thinking these things um, for whatever reason it was, um, little things. Um, just sort of happened over the course of a year where I went from vegetarian to vegan and the vegetarian that I was I mean I wasn't really I mean I would tell people when they would say why are you vegetarian um I couldn't even be bothered getting into and I you know a discussion about uh, animal rights um it obviously didn't mean that much to me so I would say oh I've eaten meat my whole life I don't need to eat it anymore I'm already a grown up you know and I did sincerely think that children needed to eat it as well um, which I now know is incorrect. Uh, however, I did not even... So I would just tell people that, oh, I just got sick of it, or... You know, now, of course, um, since I went vegan, I'm, I say I say it's for ethical reasons. I think it's morally wrong. And, um, boy, people just can't leave that alone. Say that and just let it hang in the air. <laughs> people are not even going to know what you're talking about. Um, but you can use these... Um, these things that they feel for these other types of animals or these other situations and 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 use that um, if they didn't have those feelings at all there would be no way we could ever 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 lead anybody towards changing their attitude towards animals and if, if, if a guy who's who's been a farmer who's um, spent his whole life um, physically um, exploiting the animals, butchering them and taking their young away from them and all that can, can change and become a vegan and can become an animal rights activist and this has happened. I've read lots of stories about it and I've heard interviews. Um, then anybody can. So once again I'm just putting out the message of, of, of hope because I did I do get very very sad when I hear about um, stories of, of deliberate um, attacks on on animals um, it's it's a very scary thought but I, I do think there's some deep psychological things going on there um, so that definitely needs to be taken into consideration but 
when you become vegan, when I became vegan, the whole world be was opened up to me in a new way. I mean, my eyes were opened. So every single day, every book I read, every film I watch, every time I listen on the radio, you can hear people's attitudes towards animals and you can hear... Um, examples and see examples of everyday animal abuse and exploitation that's just being taken for granted. Every single day I will um, hear or see something that I never would have noticed before until I started to look at, at animals with the respect that they deserve. Um, and I would never have even picked up on these on these things. Um, you know, just walking around or reading a book. I read a book set in Paris about a lady who'd gone there from from the African continent um, to be a, a to work as a housemaid for a, an aristocratic a French lady. And the book was pretty. Uh, it wasn't very. I wasn't very impressed with the book. But I did notice, and this is just an example of what I was just talking about. Uh, there's a dog in the book, and the old lady, the old aristocrat, has a dog, and the dog is a huge part of her life, and they talk about the dog and about the dog's emotions and and um, the things that they go out of their way to do for the dog, and the old lady was just so devastated uh, when the dog was sick or when the dog went missing. And then in the very next page, they'll talk about um, you know, how they can get the best um, roosters um, for the soup, you know, um, they are kept alive, and then they're then they're they've even still got the head, or maybe they're just the head's chopped off, and they talk about this great soup, and then they go back to talking about the dog, and and then they talk about the zoo, and they go and see the zoo, and there's these bears, and and um, the guy's t t talks about how he's been going to that zoo for since he was a little kid, and the bears have probably been changed over about ten times, right? Um, so it's this really what it's this really crazy I mean that's what frustrates people who have been doing this for a long long time because once you see it it's everywhere and you just say how can you not see it well to be honest I didn't see it so I know how people can't see it and um, we just need to help them see it um, by just um, exposing them to it to the truth and I do try to take advantage of that um, whenever anybody comments on on something that that happened to it to an animal um, I try to point out that I try to just make them aware that um, maybe they should think uh, twice about um, all the other animals that they're using. And sometimes it just goes over their head. Um, people are very, very resistant to this idea. Um, however, um, that's not going to stop me. And I know that most of the time they haven't been presented with, with this idea because there's such a minority of people who are vegan. So... A lot of people, like, I go to the lunchroom at work, and I really love it when my friend brings up a conversation. Most of the time I handle it pretty well. I must have been having a bad day. But I can feel people listening. I just can. I can feel them listening. And I don't know what they're thinking. Um, they might just think I'm crazy. Uh, but either way, they're hearing stuff, and I, I would be very sure that they'd never heard it before. They may have heard about factory farming and how um, you know you shouldn't uh, keep animals in, in small cages. You should put them in a nice big cage or something like that. Um, but they certainly haven't. I know they haven't heard uh, the things that I'm saying, and um, and I and I do get nervous. I mean, I'm I'm doing this because I feel like. I have to do it, not that anybody's forcing me to do it, but that I and myself um, feel a, a deep need, a, a need to do it. Um, and my way of doing of doing it is this, um, I'm very limited in my resources, so um, of course my dream would be to work on an animal sanctuary or something close resembling, um, as, as soon as I can, um, I would like to be able to have more 
uh, rescued animals in my own life but um, I very much admire people who do and there is a lot of people who actually do and they're saving lives and um, actually really saving individuals lives and, and I think that that's a wonderful thing to do um, I just hope that they don't turn around and go and promote happy meat that would um, that would not be something that I would think would be a good thing to do but however um, I'm I know that that's that's the majority of, of, of the type of activism that exists in, in our society and we also have to um, realize that so I do know that people have not heard this view before um, at least not in my country um, or I could be wrong I, I hope I'm wrong I certainly haven't had anybody come up to me and say oh yeah I agree or yeah that's how I feel <laughs> no it has not happened but I'm just starting um, so I just yeah that's what I wanted to comment about today was that instead of getting frustrated with people who are eating meat but yet turning around and, and feeling terrible empathy and saying how could they do this to this animal and all these things look at it as a, as a sign of hope because um, if they would just completely ignore this horrific abuse that was occurring this you know torture or whatever then well we might as well just all give up the ghost and go home so um, try not to get frustrated by it uh, look at it as a as a positive thing and try to uh, use it as much as possible um, if you possibly can um, you know the fact that this person is acknowledging that the animal feels pain is, is a huge step uh, and, and the fact that they're acknowledging that it was wrong to inflict that that pain um, it's just another step further to to just try to educate them that the pain that's being inflicted on the animal to suit their needs um, be it um, for uh, food or uh, entertainment or um, clothing is equally as unnecessary as the um, the pain that was inflicted on the animal f for the purpose of, of this torture that this apparent psychopath uh, was enjoying. Um, so I try to always get the, the, the hope out of it. That's why I, I know that we can do this. I fully believe that we can do this and um, and so I really hope that there's more and more people uh, deciding to to look at this point of view um, and um, it only takes a few to get the ball rolling that's I really do believe that it only takes a few and um, I'm one of them so um, I'm gonna keep doing it until uh, my last breath and that's uh, basically the way I am um, but I also do realize that other people do other, they do all kinds of different things um, some people rescue animals which I think is very brave and um, and just uh, it's, it just has a direct effect on, on those animals lives and it must be very rewarding as well and I'm grateful to them for doing that because I don't actually do that um, I possibly if I made enough of an effort I could I could do something like that so um, I'm not, and I do admire people who actually rescue living living animals and provide them with with food and shelter and and love and save their lives. I think that it's it's a wonderful thing. So if you're ever feeling down about something that you hear um, on the on the radio or just in your daily life. Um, try to cheer yourself up with 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 a good story. Um, this firefighter who saved the koala. Um, I do I do hope that something something in him was was, was awakened uh, by that, and um, hopefully he's around people or in a situation where maybe he can take it take it a little further. 
and um, so there we go just a little message of hope and I hope that um, this podcast finds you well and I will be back next week um, so thanks for listening and my email address is nzveganpodcast at me.com and my website is nzveganpodcast.blogspot.com I'll be back bye